Happy 4th of July. I want you to turn your Bibles, if you would please, this morning to the book of Psalms, Psalms 44, if you would please, to the book of Psalms, chapter 44. I'll be reading uh, quite a bit from that psalm this morning and referring back to it. Of course, you know the author of the psalm is King David. And of course, you know the context of the psalm is the nation of Israel. Today, I'd like to make a practical application, not anti-contextual, but I'd like to take it, the psalm, and apply it to America. Contextual is talking about Israel, the great nation. The author is David. He's writing concerning Israel, the nation. Listen to David as he speaks concerning Israel. He says, we have heard with our ears, O God... Our fathers have told us what work thou didst in their days and times of old. How thou didst drive out the heathen with thy hand. And plantest them how thou didst afflict the people and cast them out. For they got not the land in possession by their own sword. Neither did their own arm save them. But thy right hand and thy arm and the light of thy countenance because thou hast a favor unto them. God has a favor to this nation America. God has blessed this country called America. We are the dreamland of the world. We do not have fences to keep us in. We should have fences to keep those who's not legally here out. Folks are threatened to leave if certain politicians get elected. That's five years ago and the suckers are still here. (laughs) Maybe that's why they call them actors. Or pretenders. Just thought I'd throw that in there. It's free. Didn't cost any extra. Thou art my king, O God. Command deliverance for Jacob. Through thee will we push down our enemies. Through thy name will we tread them under that rise up against us. For I will not trust in my bow, neither shall my sword save me. 
But thou hast saved us from our enemies and hast put them to shame that hate us. In God we boast all the day long and praise thy name forever, C.I. Now, Father, today in just this very brief time we spend together, we not only would like to honor this great nation, but above all, we want to honor you. Lord, you are the one to be lifted high and lifted up. You're the one to whom all the praise and all the glory should go. I pray today as we speak that you'd please anoint each word. It would be that which would honor you. And we'll praise your name for it. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. In the book of Psalms 33 and verse 12, the Bible said, Blessed is a nation whose God is the Lord. Today we celebrate America's birthday. 1776, 56 men put their signature on the line proclaiming independence from England, from all other countries, make no difference who it was, 56 men jeopardized their fame, their fortune, and their future by signing what we call today the Declaration of Independence. 1776. There's a lot of things can happen between 1400 and 92 and 1776. History records and says, I do not know if it's true or not, that Columbus discovered America. But everything I gather, he never set foot on North America. He did set foot in Cuba, but never made it to North America. 1492. A lot of time has Transpired, and a lot of changes can be made between 1492 and 1620 when 120 approximately, we do not know if the 120 included the 30 sailors or not, but in 1620, the Mayflower left Holland, headed for a colony in Virginia. They missed course just a dab <laughs> and ended up in Massachusetts. That'd be a terrible situation. 
landing in Plymouth Rock. The first winter, 45 of the pilgrims died and perished because of starvation and bad weather. Although those pilgrims, when they signed the Mayflower Compact before they left Holland, they signed a compact, and in that compact there is a phrase that they left Europe and boarding that small ship spent 66 days at sea and they said we boarded the boat or ship and made the long journey now listen for the glory of God and the furtherance of the gospel of Jesus Christ 1620, the Puritans, by religious doctrine, left their homeland, fearing the persecution and the turmoil against their religious belief, boarded the ship. And 66 days later, off the side of the ship, they viewed Plymouth Rock. 1620, in November. I don't know if you know it or not. It might get kind of cold in that part of the country come another month. Because of the weather and the lack of food, half of them perished. But no doubt they came here for the glory of God and the furtherance of the gospel. A lot can happen between... 1620 How many of the original pilgrims are Puritans that landed in 1620? In 1776, when the document was signed by the 56 signers, how many of the folks who came over on the Mayflower you think was still around. Nada. 
Either that, they were the oldest boogers in America. I want you to think. I'm talking slow now. You know, it's kind of like Roadrunner and Coyote. Bump, 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 boom. That's the pure things of Roadrunner and Coyote. So, is America and was America founded and started by God-fearing men? When the original Puritans and original pastors of the Mayflower passed off the scene, What percentage of your children is carrying on your beliefs? And what percentage of Americans today are carrying on the beliefs of their grandparents? So when the original pilgrims, the original Puritans, the Folks who had been persecuted, murdered, crucified for their stand of the gospel. When they left, boarded the Mayflower and across the ocean and landed in the New World. When they passed off the scene, do you think maybe... The attitude and the motives of their young and of their children and grandchildren, do you think they carried through with their doctrinal, religious, Christ-honoring beliefs? 1730... Throughout all the colonies, the 13 of them, only 10% of the colonies ever attended church. 1730. But when the original Puritans passed off the scene who came here for religious purposes... Their children began and their descendants began to want more land. And their motives and their priorities switched from God to gold. And the religious and Christian beliefs dwindled in the 150 years between the pilgrims, the signing of the Constitution, all church attendance plummeted because of the priorities and the pursuits of the people 
that was the ancestors of those who loved God so much. They left the security of England and came to America. 1730 was an all-time religious low. The 150 years between the Mayflower and today, Independence Day, a lot of things transpired in those 150 years. As news spread about the new world, person after person began to leave Europe and come to America because it was the land of dreams, a new land. A new chance. And as they begin to migrate across the ocean, as the King of England emptied the prisons and put them on board ships and sent them to the new world with the promise of a new life. Now, the new land belongs to England. The king of England is the potentate, the one in charge. And he began to grant favors to special friends and begin to give them great acreages of land in the new world. And across the oceans they came not seeking God, but now they're seeking gold. A lot of things happened between 1620, 1776. They need workers to work these plantations, these large masses of land that England, the king, has now begun to grant to certain friendships. A lot of things happen. Slavery began to flourish. Although slavery precedes the 1700s, well, I can go back even to the book of Genesis and find slaves building pyramids and forming brick in Egypt. And before 1620 ever came to pass, there were slave ships coming across the Atlantic, capturing natives of America and carrying him back to the islands and selling native Indians for slaves. A nation now is to be formed, surely not 
by a people who do not attend church and does not even profess to know God. 1730, only 10% of all the colonies ever attended church. 1730, something supernatural began to take place in the 1730s. Men like Jonathan Edwards, John Wesley, George Whitefield, begin to do some unordinary things like preach the gospel. They begin to preach the gospel in the 13 colonies. And it just overwhelmed America. They called it the Great Awakening. John Wesley, you might have never heard of some of the names. You probably never heard of these men. But Jonathan Edwards was preaching to such huge crowds in the 1730s when attendance in churches were just absolutely nil. He began to preach and the crowds became so enormous to hear him preach that Benjamin Franklin was so impressed with this man, Jonathan Edwards, that he built an auditorium to accommodate 30,000 people to hear Jonathan Edwards preach the gospel. An auditorium built by Benjamin Franklin to accommodate the crowds that were flooding to hear these men preach, built an auditorium in Philadelphia that would accommodate 30,000 listeners. The population of Philadelphia in the 1730s was 25,000, about the same that Trump had last night in Florida. In 1734, this great revival in America broke out. It was just not local. It was over the 13 colonies. People began to respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Began to accept Jesus Christ and the sovereignty of God. And revival broke loose in all the colonies. This helped to initiate the Revolutionary War. 
And immediately after that war, those men that was reared in the midst of this great American revival, the great awakening, these men that was raised in this time frame of America, when God was honored and church attendance was necessary and honoring God was prevalent in their lives, these men coming out of this great awakening, this great revival, are now to be the signers and the authors of this great nation called America. Every signer, probably without a doubt, had heard one of these great preachers preach the gospel. And out of that time period and out of that religious revival, out of that spiritual redoing, these 56 men signed the Declaration of Independence for the glory of God and the furtherance of the gospel those Puritans said why they came. At the signing of the Declaration of Independence, now not 10% attends church, but 50% of the colonies are now regular church attenders. Happy birthday, America. You are what you are because of what you have gone through, experienced, and overcome. Happy birthday, America. She's not perfect. But I don't know where we would go to improve her. That's why everybody's coming here. Tonight, I've got a very special, special thing. I wasn't going to do it, but I am now. I'll just give you a hint for tonight. For wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We should not be ignorant of the devil's devices. I ask you a question, has there ever been a time in the history of Christianity that we were not living under an oppressive government. 
you know, like Rome. Our problem is we're wrestling the wrong person. If we move Biden, the devil will just move somebody else in. We're shooting bullets (laughs) at the wrong enemy. Amen. If we wrestle not against flesh and blood, are we going to change it by wrestling with flesh and blood? That's just tonight. We're not going to mess with that today. (laughs) I might give you nine reasons tonight. While we're wrestling with the wrong person. Oh, wasn't I going to preach on chapter 44? Well, now you have just received an introduction to the introduction to the introduction of what I was going to preach on today. (laughs) You confused Lanny? Lanny looked confused. America is the dreamland of the world. I haven't even touched the sermon today. We could talk about America's previous history. I find it in verse 1 through 3. Maybe we could uh, apply it as David uh, writes about Israel Maybe in our mind's eye we could look at verse 1 through 3 of the first chapter 44. We have heard with our ears, O God. Our fathers have told us. That's history. I said, that's history. David is saying, Lord, I wasn't there. I didn't experience the crossing of the Red Sea. Now, David, I, I was not there, David says, when the cloud of night and day shadowed and the pillar of fire led. Lord, I wasn't there, but our fathers, our kinfolks have told us about it. As I said in the little one-room school building as a wee-wee lad, didn't start to school I was till I was seven that's why I've been trying to catch up ever since. My grandkids, Thomas, bless his heart, Thomas and Bear, just wee little clumps of clay. Those guys absolutely blows my mind what they know. Thomas, I don't know, he must be two or three. How old is he, honey? Two or three or four. Somewhere along there. He was at the house the other day, and he's got them little bitty cars about that big. And he lined them up all the way across our living room. And man, there's a whole bunch of them cars down through there. And I was sitting there just watching. Thomas, four years old, begin to count. One, two, three, four, five. I said, 
Man, I was 10 years old before I could count to 10. He counted his cars, 38 cars across the floor. He counted them one by one. Four years old. You know, I hadn't stolen one chicken before I was four. He said, what did you do with them? We took them down to the store and sold them. Just our neighbor's chickens, they didn't mind. And he's the one that owned the store. See, I, I didn't have a fall of nature till I was real old. I done forgot where I was. That's all right. Let's see. It says right here. Oh, yeah. I wasn't there, but somebody told me. I said, David said, Lord, I wasn't there when you opened the Red Sea. Somebody told me. He said, Lord, I wasn't there when you prepared manna in the, in the wilderness and fed Millions of folks. And that water gushing from the rock to give nourishment to millions of folks and all around. Lord, I wasn't there. But I've been told. See, I wasn't there when the Puritans knelt at Plymouth Rock. No, I wasn't. But I've been told. Hmm. I wasn't there that harsh winter, but I've been told, Lord, that you got some of them through it. Lord, I wasn't there. The history of America, you think about it if you would, please, the facts of America's great history. America has come from that small beginning to the superpower of the world. She's been blessed beyond all nations of the world. God has been so good throughout the many, many years to give us godly men and women as leaders. I'm not talking about today or talking about America's history. He's given us some of the smartest men and women to lead this nation. They come here from abroad and everywhere. When it comes to technology, we lead all other nations. Think about it, if you would, please. Technology. When it comes to medicine, all other nations with critical illnesses want to board an airplane and come to our hospitals because of our technology and our medicine. We got a lot wrong, but we've got a lot right. 
We've got a lot bad, but we've got good too. When it comes to the universities, I do not embrace what they teach. I'll not be sending one of my kids from all over the world. They fly, they drive, they swim, they get here because of our advanced universities that no longer teaches education but philosophies and dogma. When it comes to beauty, there's no country any more beautiful than America. Especially West Texas. (laughs) Amen. All I can say is God has been good. He's been great to give us victories after victory after victory. With just hunting rifles, pitchforks, axes, and implements of farming, America in the Revolutionary War defeated the superpower of its day. Because of the blessings of God. God has blessed America. Even the French-Indian Wars. Impossible to win. But America won them anyhow. In World War I, God gave America victory. In World War II, God gave America victory. We have not won a war since. But to our shame, Korea, Vietnam, Afghanistan, and on and on and on. All because maybe we have turned And told God we could handle this job all by ourselves. Well, I would only ask, how is it working? Oh, how we need God's blessings on America and on us. I wish I had time to talk to you, not only about the history of America, but the helplessness of America. If you read down through the psalm, You'll see that when people turn from God, God let them turn. And God let them get what they wanted, but they really didn't want what they got. Helplessness of America. How terrible it is that now we have endured to shame. When Israel honored God, God honored Israel. And when Israel turned her back, God turned his back. And I'll say to you today, America, as blessed as we are, 
has turned her back on the God who made us what we are. Shame. Today, America, like Israel, has suffered shame because of disobedience to God Almighty. I, the thing brings tears to my eyes is to see how the Vietnam veterans were treated when they came back to America. I think the only thing should have happened is Jane Fonda should have been facing that cannon instead of setting a straddle of it. Shame in America. Political wars does nothing but make money for the crooked politicians. We've drifted, bless your heart, and now we've shamed America with our failure to win the wars that we engage in. Bill Clinton brought shame to the White House when he acted like it was a whorehouse. You say, I'm a Democrat. Well, there's remedies for that. (laughs) You say, I'm a Republican. God help you if you are a Republican. Today, it's a shame that we now have to fill our public schools with policemen. Teaching. Theory instead of fact. Pushing, pushing racism. To attain our political agenda. Our schools are teaching things. That I wouldn't teach my dogs. You say, preacher, you need to just shut up. No, what's happened now in America is too many preachers have shut up. Not only shut up, but shut down. And you say, well, I'll get even. You better hurry because I'm getting ready to die one of these days. You want to get somebody, get a young buck. You ain't hurt nothing if you kill me. It's about over anyhow. I need to close. Because of our shame, we now are experiencing the sufferings of a helpless society. That bows down to governmental crooked politicians. Who's making themselves wealthy and fat on mining your tax dollars. And telling us we don't have any right to say anything about it. We'll teach your kids what we want to teach them. Whether you like it or not. Keep the tax money rolling in. What a shame. What a shame. I'll fight for your right. 
to disagree, would you do the same for me? That's why they call it the land of the free and used to be brave. You see, because we are the land of the free, because of the brave. Those folks who didn't go to Canada in the 60s, but instead they obeyed the draft and went and died for mining your freedom. God bless America. Happy birthday, America. Her history, her helplessness, and her hope. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then... But not until then. Then I will hear from heaven and heal their land. Happy birthday, America. We're not perfect, but we're good. We're good, but we're not godly anymore. God bless America. America needs to pray. We need to humble ourselves. America needs to be saved. Be ashamed to live in America. For the gospel has freedom to be preached. And you die without Christ. America needs to be saved. Are you saved? If you died right this very moment, do you know heaven would be your home? By the way, that's why they boarded the Mayflower in 1620 and traveled across the oceans for 66 days and landed in this great land we've been blessed with. According to the signers of the Mayflower Compact, they came here for the glory of God and the furtherance of the kingdom of God. They made that trip just for us. <laughs> How you like them apples? Yeah, they, 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 they did that so that we might be saved.